welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And And I'm Victoria Banner. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Pairings. Pairings. We can't because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Whoops, we fell dead. That was so backwards. Oh. You That's know why? Because this is this is this episode. All right. Episode. <laughs> so there you are, minding your own business, churning you the butter, trying to feed your 18 children when some man comes at you threatening to burn you at the stake because apparently the devil has entered your nether regions. To, as today's life pairing is witch trials and absence. We're talking whores, <laughs> magicians, and hallucinations. That's what happens when I make it all up on the spot. <laughs> I always lead with whores. I, I know. know. Guys, this, we have is a guest. Our, this is the Halloween episode, and we have a Ooh. special guest. Um, my I had a premature introduction. <laughs> No, that's great. Because you don't know her name yet. Wait, you do. <laughs> I, I panicked. I was just like, everything names right off the top. And I was like, oh, wait, these things have intros. You're like, hold on. This is, everything's, you guys, well, they're very special guests. Uh, comedian uh, from right here in Calgary, tours all over the place. Uh, she runs some of the funnest shows i would say in canada yeah you do she's making a face but she does they're the craziest funnest ideas and she's just the best and uh, this here was her idea uh to pair witch trials and absent uh today on the podcast it's victoria banner (sighs) real spoopy halloween episode (laughs) (laughs) no it's halloween and then I'm not mm-hmm. just trying to insert witch trials and absinthe into everything. <laughs> I think it works in most conversations. You know how this started was I asked her what we should do for Thanksgiving, and I asked her what we should do for Easter, and every time she just said witch trials and absinthe. <laughs> every single time. And I was like, I guess we could do a Halloween episode. Why did you pick those two things? Because it got a spooky Halloween theme. Absinthe is like the most magical of drinks you can have. It used to have wormwood in it, which meant that if you drank it, you'd hallucinate and see fairies. And that's all kind of spooky, supernatural. <laughs> the, it's the only one that you're allowed to say you hallucinate when you drank too much. Yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, yeah. witch trials, that's something that has a lot of psychology because you guys do all the psychology. And so I was like, let's do something that like you can really explain what was going on in people's heads. Yeah. And the answer yeah. is probably absent. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. hallucinogenics for certain um yeah so this is the halloween episode so i guess we're gonna kind of go um what does halloween mean to you just just halloween and then and then if you want to and if you want to toss in what do witch trials mean to you then do it up carla lead us off all right well i I love halloween it's my favorite holiday i love dressing up but i i especially really like witches i think i got into it during some kind of feminism like initial feminism stage because it really sort of displays how shitty women got treated throughout history. Basically, anytime you're like doing something else, they're like, witch. (laughs) 
so also Practical Magic is and is and still is one of my favorite films with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. That is a good film. It is so good. What um, about you, Brittany? Oh, uh, Halloween like Halloween. It's mm. fun. It's a fun holiday. There's no expectations other than to just dress either spooky or hoary mm-hmm. or silly. True. You can it's the only but mostly hoary. Mostly hoary. But you can turn. <laughs> You can be a pun. You can be a walking pun. Mm-hmm. And some people think that I like that. It's fun. <laughs> Halloween's fun. It's for everybody. It's for, mm-hmm. like, it's one of those holidays where it's like, hey, it's fun when you're a kid because you get to do bad stuff. You get to eat candy. You get to be out late. You get to watch scary movies. But then when you're an adult, they're just like, hey, you get to be drunk again with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, you're Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's very fun. Yeah. Um, it's just another excuse to hang out with people and throw. There's s- no family obligations for Halloween. Yeah. You're right. There's no family obligations. You don't have to bring a turkey to your grandma for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> your mom's not going to be like, I cannot believe you missed Halloween for the second year in a row. <laughs> you don't have to do step parents on Halloween. No yeah. step parents on Halloween. <laughs> if you don't give people gifts, they're just like, hey. That wasn't expected. If you, you do give the gift of your pun costume, yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, like Victoria said, there's no expectations. It's very fun. Uh, you get to be with family and friends and uh, chocolate. Yeah. So I like it. Victoria, what does Halloween mean to you? Oh, I'm a ride or die Halloween fan. My <laughs> first job when I was 16 was working at a like haunted carnival, like a, se- a seasonal haunted oh. carnival. And so that was my first job interview. It was just a man with face tattoos <laughs> and me showing up in a suit and being like, hello, I would like the job. I'm a very responsible worker. <laughs> he just handed me, he's like, you're hired. And I got a rubber mask and I just had to stand behind a window and drop it for eight hours. Was screaming. that Scarefest or yeah, Screamfest. Screamfest. Yeah, here in Calgary oh. at COP. What's the one in Vancouver called? Um, they've thing? renamed it. It's at the. Ugh, I saw it today. It's like Screamfest. I think something. It didn't used to be like called that. that, but I think this maybe the, this is the COVID version. <laughs> COVID version. drive-through ones of those. Are oh. they really? Yeah, houses where basically uh you drive into a corn maze and you don't leave your car and then you give your keys to the official person so you can't mow down any teenage actors (laughs) which would be my first reaction i was gonna say it's the only place if you like mowed down a child that you wouldn't take it seriously you're like all right i'm dead baby And then yeah, a bunch of a bunch of teenagers just trying to get a paycheck run at your car with machetes. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> so you literally just drive into the haunted house, give somebody your keys, turn off your engine, and they just attack you? Yeah, exactly. But from inside your car. So I, I haven't done it. I don't know how scary it would be, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, they are trying. Dude, You're like, don't I... scratch the paint. Now as an adult, <laughs> that's gonna be your brain. <laughs> that's very scary. But, but the idea yeah. of someone almost Scratching your car spinning. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the insurance premiums. Yeah, you're like, does does you have no idea the deductible does not cover the cost of the scratch. <laughs> <laughs> somebody just you just open your window and somebody sneezes in your face. They're like, are you scared? You're like, oh, how many people have you done that to? <laughs> uh, well, that's, oh, that's fun. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
Well, I did a deep dive. And when I say deep dive, um, behind the scenes, I'm renovating mm-hmm. my house. My <laughs> dad put a nail through a water line and I cut my finger. So I did a an acceptable dive into the history <laughs> and psychology, or sorry, the psychology of Halloween. We are certified experts in everything we say is possible. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> Please take any I, medical advice that we give you. I love all these podcasts that are like getting in trouble right now that you're like, oh, they're fucking, you shouldn't have said that. It's like, you're, this is, just don't dumb. listen to Joe Rogan then. There's some dumb comedians. We're in a room. <laughs> we're more attainment than edu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I thought I'd lead off with, um, sort of here's a, the history from history.com uh, here are 18 reasons why you could potentially be burned as a witch oh fancy i'm excited so this yeah. is kind of maybe we can dive into the psychology of why this why okay for number one you had made enemies in many <laughs> cases in many cases people were accused of being witches by neighbors and people who are just bearing grudges and seeking revenge so it's just like a lot of karens yelling at thriving comedy scenes in salem <laughs> <laughs> you just all the open micers just fucking slit their witch <laughs> Every <laughs> i should i should tell uh, uh victoria as well carla is a writer a novelist mm-hmm. so scene where it's like no one wants anyone to succeed <laughs> <laughs> it is true anytime you're at someone's like oh i just got a book deal you're like oh, oh, oh i hate you and i'm going to murder you you're like which yeah. <laughs> exactly i'm gonna start bringing um, around steaks yeah <laughs> you're just like carrying around a lighter you're like ooh, <laughs> since a few run-on sentences okay <laughs> Uh, number two, you had a reputation for being argumentative. Nobody <laughs> liked, trusted an assertive woman back in the 16th and 17th centuries. <laughs> no, that carries on to the 20th and 21st century as well. Yeah, exactly. So hands up if we would all be burned as witches. Yeah, our hands are up. Yeah, how, we'd how all do die. You, how do you tell someone that you're not argumentative who's accusing <laughs> you of being argumentative? <laughs> You know what? This happens to me every day in my family life because my brother and mom always are like, Brittany loves to argue. And then I go, no, I don't. My brother goes, see, told you. And it's like a little joke and they just love to watch me squirm. They're like, arguer, arguer. Okay, so that was reason number two. Two okay. down, 16 more to go. Hold on tight. The historycollection.com is really spitting them out these days. Um, number three, you forgot to throw out old dairy products. <laughs> Believe it or not, curdled milk was offered up as evidence that women were witches. That's a very common mythological one, actually. Uh, if you were, if for some reason, they just thought that witches had a magic that curdled dairy, and so, like, if your butter wouldn't churn. Really? Yeah, like, oh. they thought that witches and cattle just went hand in hand because there's so many problems you could have with cattle that yeah. the fix-all was just saying your neighbor was a witch that's crazy. really wow you were perfect for this episode <laughs> <laughs> so every now every time i say something i'm gonna look to victoria and be like say something neat again <laughs> <laughs> that one i thought like it, i would have been like that that's a weird one yeah. if victoria wasn't here to um, that's not true 
And then now I'm like, oh. Okay, number four. Uh, you were illiterate. Even if you were dyslexic or just hated speaking in public, failure to quote fluently from the Bible might have been seen as a sign of being possessed by evil. So religious reasons, I guess. True, most but people would have been illiterate. Like, up I... till... Because this, this is, like, largely around the 16th century where they just converted that converted, whatever, but the Bible in English. But they went to church on Sundays, and the guy would read the passages, so I bet it would be, like, when you don't study for a test, uh, yeah. and you just repeat what the pastor says. So I think a lot of people could fake their way into uh... reading the Bible. That was, like, the only hobby. Like, that was the only book. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> tell us psalms 23 again um <laughs> i'll give you a little there's a little blurb underneath uh, each one so if we don't uh, completely know I'll, I'll explain the blurb the middle ages was no time to be dyslexic or to suffer from a stammer um <laughs> does anybody ever want to suffer from a stammer yeah, i mean if you're see see gonna... joe biden at the moment <laughs> Poor bastard. Um, even a common affliction like struggling to speak in public could be seen as could see you put on trial for witchcraft. That's because it was believed that witches were unable to recite prayers or passages from the Bible. It became a known as the prayer test. Women or men suspected of practicing black magic would be given a Bible and asked to read a passage out loud from it. Alternatively, they may be put on the spot and asked uh, to recite a well-known prayer. Failure to read clearly without hesitation or struggling to remember the words of a common prayer may have been taken as a sign that the devil was inside you. Oh, Jeebus. This does sound like school. A world-class choke artist. And as soon as someone (laughs) says, do a thing, I like the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dude, that I, that have made me laugh. So. <laughs> and I'm Victoria Banner. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Do something. I 100 do it wrong. That's just like That's if you put pressure on anybody in any mm. circumstance. Like, I I mean, when I worked in the trades, and somebody would look over your shoulder, and they'd be like, "Drill this hole straight." I'd like literally give myself a lobotomy with a fucking drill. <laughs> Because it stressed me out so much that people were giving me, like, such specific instructions and then waiting for me. So I can't imagine being given, a, like, prayers to read and then be like, now do the thing that scares you the most without stammering. It's like a life or death check stop when you have to do your ABCs. You're like, what the fuck? Well, and a lot of the times they were being tortured or sleep deprived so not only were you just like under normal pressure you were maybe literally under some kind of you know metal (laughs) (laughs) and i know i do my best work when you know someone's pulling out my fingernails (laughs) they're like don't they're like does this hurt you you're like sort of they're like which you're like i was not winning well if you like number four you're gonna love number five you had a third nipple. <laughs> oh, I've heard about this. What does that mean? Prosecutors were always on the lookout for telltale signs of a witch, especially on female bodies. Oh, it's crazy that they were like, men, fine. Women, take off your shirt. <laughs> we just got to check. We just, we're, this is for religious purposes. 
You got some of them spooky boobs? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're spooky boob, don't you? You're like, you're like, oh my god! Like, women take <laughs> massages. Fronts are a dollar. Backs are a dollar. Fronts are free. Okay. Uh, so I'll read a little bit of this, but we got to start boogieing through some of these. <laughs> For centuries, witch hunters believed that uh, scorners and other practitioners of black magic uh, bore distinctive marks. Telltale the devil's mark. So that's, there's a bunch more, but it's really like if you had like a birthmark, it was literally if they were like, take off your shirt and they were going to burn you anyways. They're like, what's that? And you're like, I get back knee. Burn. Let's burn a little. Um, Number six, uh, you were a midwife. Wise women mm. who used their knowledge of herbal medicine to help others give birth safely, but left them to or left them open to accusations of witchcraft. So, just any knowledge of anything? Yeah, yeah like any anything that like can't be the hero. Because, like, imagine you're like the the man, and then a midwife comes in and is the hero of your son getting born. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's like, not okay. yeah like. Uh, and I have too bitch. many compliments in my big moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you two bitches are gonna love number seven. Uh oh, couple of witches are in my midst. <laughs> number seven, you had a cat. <laughs> uh, for centuries, people didn't really did believe that women who lived alone with cats for company were probably in the league of the devil. <laughs> Uh, the official demon, like according to Catholicism, the official demon of bestiality took the form of a cat. So they did think that women were fucking their cats. Really? Oh, yeah. How? I, was like, I have two male cats, and I don't know where their penises are. <laughs> like, I don't know. They go inside. I don't understand. How are you fucking that? Well, these people were so far distance from cats that they didn't know. <laughs> They're just in their head think that people are holed up with big dildo cats. <laughs> Can you imagine if you just yank on its tail the right way, just a sick flopper <laughs> comes out of it? You're like, Jesus, fuck, I can't take myself. No wonder this is the devil's magic. <laughs> okay, number eight, you were left-handed. Oh, I am. Are you are left-handed. <laughs> Cat, third nipple. <laughs> according to many traditions there was something sinister about being left-handed and it was seen as an obvious sign that someone was a witch i I, they still believe that way up until like in 1990 like i had a really 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 old teacher once and she'd send me she'd send me to the principal's office um because i was writing with my left hand and she was tenured and she was like 100 years old and so my principal was also left-handed so we just hung out and was like, don't, don't even try. Like, that's so oh, great. That's like, uh, like in this like age, somebody was like, you can't write with your left hand. Yeah, but just one lady though, and but she was just so firm about it, and it was like again in 1994. And <laughs> that's pretty. Le- that's not that long ago. That's pretty recent. That, that still came off of the idea that like you, if you hadn't met someone with a different opinion, your reality just stayed intact. Yeah. And so yeah. I had a little piece of rubber in an attempt to try and get me to be unleft handed for one teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then the principal was just like, Yeah, she's crazy, but we can't find her. That was literally it. <laughs> That's like literally what tenure should mean. Like uh, <laughs> crazy but can't fire. Yeah. Um, number nine, you were financially independent. Oh. That the uh subservience of women meant that they 
that those who did not need a man's support were often suspected as witches. Well, I'm not so, a witch in this this one question. <laughs> I am not financially independent. Yeah, there uh, you go. I told my mom, my, somebody asked me, they're like, so what do you do? And I go, uh, I'm a comedian. And then she, they're like, like for a career? And I go, yeah. They're like, so you do it for a living? And my mom goes, barely. <laughs> and I was like, I do sort of <laughs> do it sometimes. Don't worry. I'm sure there will be something about this. We can accuse your mom of being a witch. <laughs> <laughs> she did give birth to me through nipple. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're like, Bernie, that's called a vagina. Right. <laughs> oh. It's called the devil's doorknob. I... <laughs> Number 10, you were guilty by association. There, you can literally just anything could make you a witch. If you knew or related to a witch, oh, you might have found yourself hauled before a grand jury. So it's just like your cousin's a witch and there. You're like the whole time you're like burning at the stake. You're like. That motherfucking cat loving whore. I I'm gonna be a radical centrist here with a hot take on your podcast. You can <laughs> out if you want to, but I got super 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 into the Black Lives Matter movement and I went to all the marches and protests. And one of the things that I couldn't handle was people being like, uh, "If you don't cancel everybody you've ever met for being racist, you aren't allowed to exist as a person." And that was where I hit the hard thing where I'm like, no, because some people need those people to pay their rent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can tell them to shut up, but you can't just straight up be like, I'm moving into the street because you've got outdated opinions. And so it was very nice to feel that kind of walked back amongst a lot of my anti-racist friends to be like, OK, we really tried that and people really wanted to be racist. So you're allowed to steal their dinners, <laughs> but you got to be mad about it the whole time. <laughs> well, there's like this right now with the cancel culture. I mean, it has a witch trial-esque feel to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's like if anybody can find you guilty of anything, even by association, outdated, you could have done it 23 years ago and it would have been fine in that time and not fine in this time. It, we're right now, everyone's like, witch! Witch! <laughs> It's like that, but luckily I feel like, because I'm, I'm really big into that, that it's only like that for like two months and then we always walk it back because then someone else is like, oh no, that was a little too far. And so <laughs> we go to extremes just to see if the extremes work and then when they don't, we're like, okay, you're allowed to come back to this open mic. <laughs> There's, Dude, my you're whole- allowed to have ideas. My whole family, we all drink so much, but my the big line in my family is like, don't worry Someone will be the topic of conversation tomorrow <laughs> because it's just like whatever happened the night before. One time somebody was drunk and like walked through a tent and just destroyed the whole thing. And the whole next day at the fire, everyone was like, <laughs> and then it's just like, don't worry. No one's going to care tomorrow. Someone will punch somebody else in the face. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the thing of like um, somebody else will do something worse. So don't you worry about it. Okay, moving on. Number 11, uh, you had a criminal record. Women with ill repute would often be blamed for things when they went wrong. Yeah, it's just like, I get that, I guess. That's yeah. so funny that it was so specific back in the day that you could, like, rob an old-timey bank and then be like, well, that's a robber and not a witch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They just have to check if you have a third nipple and or you're a girl. 
it's so weird that like witch seems to be the catch-all but they also had other crimes <laughs> they're just like did you rob that bank you're like i did they're like hmm read this you're like the lord is my shepherd and i shall not want <laughs> they're like yeah i'm fine <laughs> Just a regular robber, still hanged. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, same punishment. They're like, yes, but not which. <laughs> Number 12, you, you did not dress smartly enough. Oh. In some witch trials, an individual's refusal to dress like everyone else was seen as something distinctly sinister. Oh, we still are like that. We are a little like that. It's like if somebody dresses like funky, you're like, hmm, I wonder what's wrong with them. Well, yeah. like flashy people, but like I, I'm always like worried when someone's like a little too sloppy and they're out in public, and you're like, why are you in sweatpants? Like, what are what are you doing? But like, not like yeah, grocery no. stores or something like that. But like a formal event, and then someone like rocks in sweatpants, and I'm like, mm, I know are- this is a thing now that's happening all the time, and I'm almost tempted with it with this whole like six months in sweatpants thing. I've always been a <laughs> non-sweatpant person, and now I'm like, oh, we can we can go out now. I'm like, no, 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 no. But some people make it look real cute. But it's a, I'm having a lot of anxiety about the sweatpants thing right now. I bought my friend a pair of sweatpants and he said, they're too fancy. (laughs) And I was like, why? He's like, because the pockets are cut and it's like they're telling you that you should have your hands in the pockets. I have no idea what that means. I don't either. They're bench sweatpants, but I did get them at Costco for $20. Okay. And he said, too fancy. I said, those are for going to the mailbox. (laughs) Yeah, I think there should be levels. There's levels of sweatpants. There's levels of sweatpants. I would wear sweatpants to the 7-Eleven. Yeah. I would not wear them to the Safeway. Is that fair? I wore my... Safeway, like, because you're doing chores, you're still like getting your thing, your stuff dirty. And also, sweatpants can look good and cute. Mm-hmm. The thing for me is like, uh, when the fabric is pilled. So if you have like polar fleece and it's pilled, yeah, that I'm your your serial killer. Like, why is your fabric yeah. pilled? Yeah, <laughs> is that like the, the pilled mean the little balls? Yeah, yeah. the little. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's levels to sweatpants. Currently, I'm wearing a uh, Adidas. They're basically sweatpants. <laughs> But I've like somehow I, I feel like if you pair it with a jacket, no one can call your shit. No, it's they yeah. could be dress pants. They could be yoga yeah. pants. We don't know. We're not looking at how stretchy that fabric is. <laughs> <laughs> there are levels to a pant, and I feel like the witch trial um, yeah, prosecutors did not take this into account. If you were wearing sweatpants in the 1600s, like a pair of root sweatpants, <laughs> you you're a, you're a, you are a witch. Just a pair of salt and peps. Yeah, exactly. You got a polar fleece hoodie. It's made out of a magical plastic material from the future. Oh You're my. like, I'm not a witch. It's Adidas. <laughs> that should be Adidas' new slogan. I'm not a witch. It's Adidas. Oh, here's what I'm guilty of. Uh, you talk to yourself. Number 13, you talk to yourself. Um, muttering under your breath. Oh, I'm a big mutterer. Like, if you're like, if I'm like grumpy with you, and we have like a little like disagreement and you walk away, I'll mutter something. Like, but also so that you can hear the mutter, but you can hear what's being said. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, passive aggressive. You're I'm just like, oh it's like, okay, I know you said something shitty, but um, so I would be hanged uh, immediately. <laughs> okay, number you we're closing in on this, you guys. I picked a very long one. Number fourteen, if you were sexually progressive. Sex outside of the marriage has been long frowned upon, but in the 17th century, it could get you hanged for being a witch. 
But only if you're a girl or woman. Only if you're a girl. Yeah, if you're just like a man, you're expected. Flinging that dang, you fucking rock. You're rocking everyone's world. You're probably a witch if you're a man and you don't have sex outside of marriage. You know what? And it was said in like a weird, like freaky way. They're like, what is that black magic, baby? (laughs) If if you're just a guy who flinged a lot of ding. I just created that word. Like it. I just I feel like being sexually progressive in the 1600s was having more than one word for your third nipple. <laughs> <laughs> it was just naming your third nipple. Um, okay, number 15. You were childless. <laughs> Aww. The three of us are going down here. <laughs> Taking my cats with me. I mean... You know what? It's funny now. I feel like anybody with children now like speaks. I've had like many of my own family members be like, "What does your day look like?" I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> and it's like also like I have nothing good to say because I'm just like, not only do I not have children, I really don't have a job. I'm just a comedian. I just <laughs> sleep till eleven and then complain until three in the morning. <laughs> like I know you can't really say anything because you are like, you know what? My life is a lot easier and i have a lot more money but having a ton of children in the 1600s was a lot easier too because you could set them to farm labor as soon as they were three years old and so it was easier to have kids than not have kids back in the day because you just had free labor yeah yeah. so they could babysit the other one yeah exactly so more kids easier you'd be like (laughs) oh i just want to take it easy i'm gonna have six more kids yeah there's got to be like a weird ratio between like four and like seven of which one that that's two little children two many children self-sustaining ecosystem of children <laughs> yeah exactly i worked with an old british man and he had a couple of kids and that people would ask him, why do you have so many kids and he'd every time he'd go uh, good selection of kidneys if it comes down to it <laughs> yeah that was, that was fun. Now, this is a uh, no, number 16 uh you were aged uh, 40 or over okay what Older women were treated with suspicion, especially if they lived alone. Well, probably because their husband died. Because women live longer than men. That makes what sense. What do you think? Um, what do you think the age range was in the 16th century? Like, what well, do you you're think? supposed to die in childbirth. You're supposed to just yeah, keep having kids until you die. <laughs> and then, when and you're then 40, all the men are like, oh, "My wife died in childbirth. I'm so sad." <laughs> Get in younger <laughs> ones. Lonely widowers. Um. Okay, hold on. Number 17. Oh, this is just... You know what? This is like getting not being let in the club <laughs> because you don't have the right shoes. Because <laughs> that's what they always do. Ooh, those aren't dressy enough shoes. Number 17, you looked the part. Oh, were you wearing like <laughs> a really witch- pointy hat around the uh, the old town? As, as witch hunts became increasingly uh, com- <laughs> complex commonplace guys i couldn't read the word commonplace <laughs> i was gonna say complicit and then i was like increasingly complicit we haven't even introduced the absinthe yet to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh they became so commonplace that so-called experts believe they knew what a witch looked like when they saw one so they were literally like oh whatever okay number 18 this is the last one you're welcome <laughs> Thank you. Here what we are go. Hour three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, uh, this is my favorite one. You were a woman. Oh. <laughs> simple sex. 
behind many accusations of black magic and three uh, out of four people put to death for being witches were female. So, uh, yeah, you basically, if you're a woman, you, they really could have found any fucking reason to burn you. <laughs> they seem to have found a lot. They found 18. They found, <laughs> those were 18 <laughs> good reasons, I felt like. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, those were the... Uh, did I really dive into the psychology of witchcraft or did I look up a survey on history.com? Yeah. You be the judge. So that's <laughs> what I brought. That's very down. good. We got all the modern terms, old timey stuff. Yeah. We did. Um, I think now is the time and I'm very excited. So typically Carla does the uh, history, a uh, history story, but uh, Victoria is going to jump in here. Yay. And uh, give us a uh, give us a little spin us a web here. <laughs> oh my goodness! I am so excited for this one because uh, everything that you just said has to do with American witch trials, which took place in the U.S. of A. in Salem. And I was like, wonder what was going on in Canada, which wasn't really a country Ooh. at that time. But Ooh. I still wanted to know if Canada had any witches. And the funniest thing that I found out was in the same way that whatever happens on this November 3rd election technically isn't our problem. <laughs> you know what? That like made me, there was like a sense of relief that washed over my body just then. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever happens down there is crazy and tragic, but technically isn't our problem. Uh, that's what Canada, that's the stance that New France took with witches. <laughs> And so what I actually found was uh, Canada, and again, at the time was known as like New France and Acadia. Right, right. So this was like, right, right whenever, like, think of any song Gord Downey ever wrote. And then, Jack <laughs> got right this way. <laughs> no, you're not the first to show. Uh, like back in those Canada times. <laughs> the ones that you were supposed to learn about in social studies in grade four that are completely inaccurate because of reconciliation mm -hmm. but also you were trying to learn potty training at the same time so we just don't know any canadian <laughs> history <laughs> it's quite interesting because yeah so uh within new france and within acadia they actually never uh executed anyone for witchcraft and oh, yeah. yeah and this is in the 1600s and uh witchcraft was a crime you could get accused of but they were just like, well, killing witches just makes witch ghosts. We can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compound problem. Oh my god, I love that. We want witch zombies. So this is kind of uh, how Canada's closest thing to a witch trial there was a few people around there, but the number one most famous person, the person that was like, this is Canada's witch, wasn't even a woman. It was a man. Nice. That's Ooh. right. I'm coming in here with my radical my radical <laughs> centrism and my men's rights act. I don't care about the hundred people in Salem. Just one guy. <laughs> one guy in Canada. <laughs> there everyone was like, fuck you, Darren. <laughs> well, his name was uh, John Champignon. Okay. And he was um, born in 1640 in France, and he came to Acadia on a boat with the governor. He got sent to Port Royal in Nova Scotia, and this is a place that still exists. You can go there and take a Heritage Park tour of it. There wasn't enough food in the original colony that he was sent to, and so he got kicked to 
another colony because the governor was like, you're my guy. And then the governor was like, I need more snacks. We're going to move you to the next colony. <laughs> and so he was kind of like the new go- new guy in Port Royal. And then he got moved to Bobasin in 1678. And that was a really high death year for many of the villagers and animals. And then he was like that guy in several other towns. He was just like the new kid in school, but in colonies where people are just trying to <laughs> survive. <laughs> and he didn't have any friends or family. He was just like going around. He's and- like, I'm John. And everyone's like, shut up, John. <laughs> so he basically bounced between these three colonies. And after people had kind of known of him for 10 years, but never really got to know him, uh, he was arrested in 1684 by the governor and many locals had testified against him. And some of the uh, accusations against him were in 1675 in Port Royal, he got into an altercation where he was insulting a little girl and a lady told him to knock it off. So, <laughs> I just like 16th century ladies who were like, hey, you want to fucking rest already? <laughs> Exactly. She was like, she was like, hey, don't like, he, like he's like, hey, little girl, you don't make good butter. Like, you know? <laughs> he was just teasing a little girl because I guess that's just what you do to blow off steam. Acadia. So what happened is this lady's like, hey, knock it off, pick on someone your own size, <laughs> and so he threatened to punch the lady, and <laughs> he was like, I'll fight you, because he was in a mood. <laughs> He's like, do you know who I'm trying to make friends with that don't like me? You're number eight. If you don't think I'll drop kick you, you're out of your fucking mind, lady. And so, yeah, so he threatened to punch her. So she hit him with a stick. <laughs> and then he said under his breath, someday you'll be sorry for hitting me. Oh, no. And they took curses really serious back in the day. <laughs> If you look, muttering under the breath that Brittany brought up in the 16 things, like, that was very, like, if, if you said something, like, it wasn't like your stepdad would be like, I'm going to backhand you. It'd be like, what what was that? But actually, was it magic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, does, he, like, muttered something under his breath with a cat in his left arm and a broom <laughs> in his right arm. <laughs> and so uh, that, I, I said that... Um, uh, the accusation of him like being mean to a girl and then like getting like chased away with a stick it has a lot of wiener energy <laughs> and so, the psychology of just being in a town with like someone being that big of a wiener like i would love a law to lock up people being wieners like <laughs> it's too bad we stopped that just being like he's being a wiener like, no you have to give an accusation which <laughs> <laughs> they're like okay fine we'll arrest him fine. Um, and then in 1678, a number of witnesses witnessed John Champiard blow a powder into his co-worker's eye, and the guy got immediately sick with a fever, and he died shortly after. Jesus. Oh. Yeah. And it's that's... Just arsenic or something. Yeah, it was just a black powder, and it went right into the guy's eye, and that's a cool thing about witches. Uh, I have a I have a tattoo artist, and he just loves the horror genre, and he like he's like really like big and tough and scary. And he says that witches are the thing that scares him the most in folklore because it's all bodily fluid exchanges and sickness, like real, real old timey magic, which did exist, but like kind of separate from the uh, witch trials. Like they were they were killing themselves, but there were also witches and all witches were doing were just coming into jars and (laughs) 
throwing it on people and <laughs> just mixing frog guts into it. Yeah, it, it, it is that gross. And it was all it was all bodily fluid. And they're like, yeah, let's get some pus out of your wound, and then mix that <laughs> with some fat dick. And so if you actually do look into old timey witchcraft, it's just it's very gross, and everyone was infected, yeah, and so yeah. it did mix a lot of plagues in there. So him <laughs> blowing uh, powder into someone's eye, and the guy getting sick, like that was like capital w witchcraft to the point this guy might have been a witch <laughs> actually you know what i've done some thinking i think he was a witch I, he's making a lot of bad points here for for that of the 16 he's got a couple he's argumentative oh yeah he's he's the worst he's just no one wants him in their colony and <laughs> I wonder what if that was the whole thing. They're like, oh, they sent John here? No, 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 no. We got to get rid of him. We'll send him off to the next one. And he just comes back and they're like, fine. We'll discharge him with witchcraft. And then no one has to deal with him anymore. <laughs> Dude, that's like all the colonies are talking. But it takes so long for the word to get around. You're, like, at a, you're at the bar and the like messenger with a tweet that says John is such a loser like is standing there and he's like he shows up and John's there at the same time and you're like ne- never mind. <laughs> I'm in a different messenger. John. They're like messengers that have to come and say it like right in front of his face. They're like John's a loser. Pass it on. He's like I'm John. <laughs> he's like oops wrong wrong person. I I horsed the wrong person. <laughs> he's like I'm gonna find. And fucking kill everyone. <laughs> so the last straw was in 1684. John Champignon went to um, ask for a farmer's daughter's hand in marriage, and the dad was like, "Sure," but the mom was like, "That dude was accused of witchcraft." And so this is kind of cool. Like, there's two stories where, like, a the mom had enough power to be like, "No, we're not marrying our daughter off to this witch," yeah. and then also the stick lady. So like, <laughs> as much. <laughs> As much as being a woman was, like, completely illegal, like, we've got testimony that somehow you had to have women in your colony, too. So, yeah. some people got a pass. <laughs> they're like, guys, we, I don't want to say they're not witches. We're just running out of women. <laughs> so it, It's always cool when you listen to these history stories because, yeah, there was laws against being women, but there was always people that were, like, exceptions that proved the rule. <laughs> So this, uh, the mom was like, well, this dude was accused of witchcraft. And um, so Jean Champignard told the farmer's wife that in eight days she would regret it. And she was like, bring it on. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I love somebody who calls bluffs. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to shit on your front line. Do it. I have a hose. That's fine. You don't think we have hoses? Like, <laughs> So she was like, bring it on. And within eight days later, uh, four of the cows became sick. Three uh, were about to have calves. So that's like uh, seven whole cows that you're missing out on. Also, a young cow and two young oxen also got sick. And what was happening was they were acting hungry, but they're physically unable to eat. Like they wouldn't eat the grass, but they were like making all the movements like they were hungry. So they slowly started starving. Hmm. And they had a priest come out to like bless the hay and water be like hey i'm gonna bless this hay please eat it and the cows were like i'm like because you know how when your dogs do in the hungry dance yeah like they're <laughs> like, always like yeah they're like dancing around and like stand next to their bowl and yeah, yeah so the cows were doing like the hungry dance but then they weren't putting the food in their mouths so um it didn't work and so the he- priest was like here's some hay here's some water 
And then it got to the point where it was like, uh, after eight days, the cows were on the cusp of, um, they, they were on the cusp of dying. And so the, they called the governor and the governor was like, our cows are dying and they were cursed by a witch. And the governor was the guy who brought John Champignard over. And he was like, <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with this asshole shenanigans. <laughs> full circle so the governor went to john champignard and uh threatened to run him through with a sword if any more accidents happened on the farm (laughs) dude i just have this idea of the priest coming to the cows with a bible being like read this and the cows couldn't read it oh yeah they got the witch (laughs) the cows they got a case of the witch for sure they are not holy cows Uh, so anyway, you got threatened that they were going to run John three with a sword. And then the next day, all the animals were fine and healthy and they had all their snacks and they were fine. Oh my Jeez, goodness. Really? She was that. a witch. She was a witch. She was a witch for sure. Oh. So this was the straw that caused his arrest. And he had a nine month trial where he was formally accused of witchcraft. He got locked up for nine months. And during the nine month trial, uh, with each, uh, accusation, he just had like snarky, sarcastic response. Uh, responses saying like um, you'll regret this while shaking your fist was like a piece of slang from the town he was born (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna like this fellas (laughs) and so that, and then he also they were like yeah but you cursed the farm and he reportedly said you don't need magic to be a terrible farmer. Oh, zing. That's a good oh, one. So he's zinging people from inside jail. <laughs> also, nine months. That's a long trial, isn't that? That's like O.J. Simpson yeah. long trial. I mean, they were probably very bored. This is probably the most exciting thing to happen. They had to haul in all of these uh, witnesses from the other colonies. So, like, it was oh, yeah. like to arrange a court date, you had to send a horse back and forth, and then someone had to come in and actually accuse you. So, <laughs> <laughs> This took a little longer. We're going to call the third witness. They're like, come on. It'll be a week and a half. It's just two colonies over. (laughs) That's crazy. So what happened? So ultimately, uh, after nine months, he was acquitted due to the lack of evidence. That's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard in my life. And the judge, he uh, he either just didn't believe in witchcraft or the judge wasn't familiar with John Champiard. So he was like, yeah, this guy's like a smug jerk. But, <laughs> like, he didn't kill him for that. <laughs> like, I love the idea of also them all just having really thick Canadian accents, even though that's just, <laughs> just like sitting around being like, look, now, I know this fella's a fucking prick. But there's only so much we can do to him. Have you tried telling him not to be a dinkosaurus? <laughs> One lady's like, I, call, I told him not to be a dink. He fucking killed all my cows. <laughs> oh, man. And this is interesting. This whole story, it actually happened 10 years before the Salem witch trials, which happened in 1692. Whoa. So, yeah, it was even that and they were just like no there's no such thing as witches like that's how much that they they had one and they're like Meh, we'll give them benefit of the doubt <laughs> so, <laughs> it took another 10 years later and people were like witch <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's awesome cool. i've never heard that before that's so cool that was thank you very much victoria yeah, you're welcome. yay oh that was very exciting are we <laughs> going to we are carla no, i'll let you choose <laughs> Um, okay, so typically we're switching things up. Typically, mm-hmm. I do the drink, but guess what? 
I didn't buy the drink because it's expensive. The it bottle was too big. Very expensive. I didn't want a fifty dollar bottle of fucking absinthe in my house. I could have got whiskey or something <laughs> equally gross. So the drink uh, we are doing today, Carla, I'll hand it off to you. All right. So we are doing absinthe. Uh, as Victoria kind of mentioned, it's got that whole like hallucinogenic. Well, lie to it. That's I'm breaking everyone's heart today. It's not true. It's not a hallucinogenic drink. It's just really, really high spirited. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean that in like a witchy way. I've got my absinthe. So how you can drink your absinthe in a traditional manner is you put the absinthe in first into a glass. And then they have these fancy like absinthe spoons, which are basically just forks. You put the sugar cube (laughs) on top, which this is what I did. And also, I don't have a sugar cube because I don't, I don't know. Do we have sugar cubes anymore? That feels very old. Anyways, then you put... I don't own any horses. <laughs> yeah. I don't own a Shetland, so I don't have a box of sugar cubes at my... <laughs> at my disposal. Uh, you're then supposed to put the uh, ice cold water and just like put it over the sugar cube. The whole, I've seen, apparently like in the 90s, they used to light it on fire. That's a 90s thing. That was like a 90s like bar trick or something. And apparently that will not make it taste good. So I just put sugar in a cup and then I put absinthe in and then I put two things of water for how much absinthe. So it looks like um, mouthwash. Okay. Okay. Here we go, guys. Here we go, Carla. All right. If I die, (laughs) remember me. You died. Have you had absinthe before? I have, yeah. So I know okay. it's really gross. Actually, with the water and the sugar, that's not bad. Oh, Ooh, it's all very, that hype. It's very um, ouzo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> there we go. All right, <laughs> I'll be taking those tens later. <laughs> Just give you a little uh, after kick. Um, but yeah, it's the it's a an anise anise a n i. SE flavored spirit. So it's the same thing as in Uzo and Sambuca. So I hate Uzo and Sambuca. Oh. So this is why I. So it's kind of black licorice Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pronounced anus. <laughs> yes. It's anus that's flavored a, spirit. You have to hoop it. You pour it onto a tampon and you shove her up your butt. I would have rather done that. You would today. literally die if you do that. Don't do that to the kids. Hey, the kids. Don't do that. Stick it up your vagina. It goes faster. Oh yeah, uh, you're <laughs> great to the old bloodstream. Uh um, it's actually it's not bad, but it's it okay. uh it's actually this is a thing I didn't know and ever think about. It's not a liqueur, even though like a lot of the liqueurs you would have, you know, they are kind of a weird color or they're orange flavored or whatever. Um, because it doesn't have any added sugar, that's what a liqueur is. Anything that has added sugar, this is therefore a spirit. So it's basically the same as like a tequila or vodka. Okay. Or whatever. It's so, another So absinthe cocktails. It's yeah. just something you can sprinkle people at a party and be like, it's a spirit. It's fine. You can and you can do. And I looked them all up and they all look super gross. So I don't you can So what so what what is the alcohol? What is the percentage? Uh so absinthe can be between forty five percent and eighty five percent. So oh. it's high. Okay, so absinthe originated in Switzerland in the late eighteenth century. 
And it was very popular with the Parisian artists and writers during the 19th and early 20th century, that sort of belle epoque, um, whatever you want to call that period. Um, so this is a lot of like creative people drinking this in the cafes. And so this whole hallucinogenic property is supposed to have come from Thu John, which is that's not how it's pronounced. Thu Hon, Thu John. I looked it up earlier and now I can't remember. Anyways, it's a chemical compound that is in that wormwood. But it's in Oh, the wormwood. Yeah, it's in such small doses that there's no way that you can like you're gonna hallucinate on hallucinate it? on it. Yeah. Um but because of this whole basically just rumor mongering, it got banned in the US and much of Europe by nineteen fifteen. So it was like the oh. height of culture and then then gone. Really? But studies have shown it has no other effects other than, you know, when you get super shit faced on tequila. Uh, really? Well to yeah, tequila has also uh hallucinogenic properties too, right? Well I think you That's probably like, from what I've read for saying no with her eyes <laughs> i think you have the amount of quant- like alcohol i feel that like would- that hug has hallucinogenic properties <laughs> <laughs> i think the amount that you would have to drink to get any kind of hallucinogenic you would die of alcohol poisoning first oh okay so not not the best way of getting it um and the the name actually comes from artemisa absinthinium um and it's actually distilled when it's distilled, it's actually clear. And so Ooh. the green color is from the chlorophyll from herbs that have been added after. That's kind of one of the things that adds it. Um, herbs is witchy. Yeah. Herbs is chlorophyll. Yeah. More like chlorophyll. That's a line <laughs> from everyone's favorite movie. Uh, Billy. Yeah. The Levi, the Levi Vert, the, the green fairy. Quote from um, Plump Jack Lawrence, which did a little facts about absence. And they said that the green fairy was represented as the metaphorical concept of the artistic enlightenment and exploration of poetic inspiration of a freer state of mind, of new ideas, and of changing social order. So because this was going on in France, this was like sort of right after they'd gone through the like the French Revolution and then switched back and then switched back and then switched back. And so this was kind of a time that's a little bit quieter maybe slightly less people are dying less guillotine time so you know they're able to be more artistic and do all sorts so of like craft beer and hipsters that's exactly <laughs> it that's exactly that's what totally this is so rather were... than too much hops they just had too much absence i will tell you this that uh in uh on oahu me and my cousin uh drank so much absinthe uh that I woke up in my aunt and uncle's living room. Well, first of all, every time I would, uh, I'd lose her in the bar about every three minutes. Right. And then I'd call my aunt and uncle's home phone. Uh, <laughs> and I would go, Alana! And they'd go, still Auntie Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd go, come and get me. And they'd be like, take a cab. <laughs> And we, I just woke up on their living room floor. And I'm going to tell you, there was, I mean, did we, I, don't, I can't remember what else we ingested that evening, but I felt like I hallucinated. Well, I think it's because it's just, it's a high proof alcohol. I mean, like, have you ever drank a whole bottle of tequila or a whole bottle yes, of vodka? 
<laughs> no, I can't. I haven't. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I'm not accusing you. I like. I felt like it was like I was like yeah, being bullied. Yeah, yeah. I drank three bottles of tequila. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean I've watched. We um, we had a going out, a going away party for when we moved from the UK, and we'd picked up absinthe when we were in Portugal because we thought at that point that it was. Uh, banned everywhere and so we're like oh cool we're gonna like sneak this back into the uk turns out you can get it like anywhere it's not not really (laughs) a big deal um and it sat in our obviously in our liquor cabinet for five years and so when we're moving obviously we can't take it to canada so we got everybody to drink it and we did have a guy who i mean he is quite short he's like five four um but he's which (laughs) but he's he's scottish and he's a big drinker (laughs) and so like i thought he could handle it and he did fall down into the like he passed out in the pub which i have never seen in five six years of drinking with him so i mean it does it does it has an effect but it's not it's not as hallucinogenic as no and apparently wormwood uh which is a herb with this this um sujon um um, chemical prop compound uh, is also in similar quantities of sage and oregano so oh. if you're flavoring your drinks with sage and oregano you could also maybe not hallucinate well so. something that's so interesting because like that's like with all the prohibition that came through mm. so like absinthe being the highest proof of all of the liquor and when you look at like prohibition era um posters that's like shows someone drinking like that xxx jug and then hallucinating like satan and everything like that it's going to be interesting when we have to explain to younger generations that we thought pot was going to make us see cartoons yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> they're just like this stuff makes me doesn't make me see cartoons i'm just hungry and sleepy <laughs> helps your aunt with her arthritis pain what are you talking about yeah. yeah and there's probably gonna be like podcasters like 40 years from now if it still exists being like <laughs> we got to get some of that real dank weed you know the stuff that makes you see <laughs> cartoons <laughs> yeah i mean oh my god is that your um that is my, you can... that's my little drinky drinky poo of absinthe. Do you have any interesting facts about witch trials or about absinthe, Carla? I don't really have any, but I wanted to bring up because I've gotten really obsessed with James the First or James the Sixth of Scotland. You know, that's this is my weekly obsession. Um, and he <laughs> did a book on demonology. He wrote his own book, and okay. I would like to point out though that he had he actually was very sexually progressive. Uh, he okay. had mostly male partners so maybe his rules were different or maybe he was a witch and that's how he could write that book i carla i weekly find it engaging <laughs> how you managed to slip a royal history Very. every pop. <laughs> i like it I don't know. I think the idea of an all-powerful gay man that doesn't need to be intersectional with women could make a book about just getting rid of women because you're horny for guys. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Especially because his the... wife kept trying to like have sex with him. And she, he's probably like, all right, I'm writing a book. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to put in there women or witches. He's like, you come in here one more time flipping your third nipple at me. <laughs> I will. 
Like, I feel like women women and the gays aren't natural allies, but we've been, like, cornered into being, like, allies, and we go together very well, and we're a great team, but <laughs> we're not naturally interested in each other. <laughs> we've somehow ma- made a, a partnership that is, like, it is delightful. The, the, uh, the enemy of my enemy is your enemy. Um, I do have uh, some haunted places in Calgary I can tell you about. Uh, number, uh, yeah, I'm sure. You know what? I'm sure we've probably been all been to quite a few. Uh, the Dean's house. It's just the Dean house. Oh, the Dean house. Madura <laughs> <laughs> is like you. You you're illiterate. You're a witch. <laughs> It's just the number one Calgary thing, and so we need to yeah. do it. You're going to have so many comments. You'll get five extra Patreon subscribers <laughs> <laughs> just trying to interact with you, doing the fan meets, so they can be like, Dean House! They're like, actually, he's not pluralized. It was just their last name. He was not <laughs> the dean of a university. Oh, okay. So the Dean House is cool because they actually have a photograph, a ghost oh, photo. Oh, I've seen it. And of a rocking chair in the attic and there's a person a tourist sitting on a rocking chair in the attic and then there's like a fucking grudge lady behind him really oh Very yeah it's scary. like a not like a lone grudge lady but it is a dark black shadow behind him oh i like photographic evidence yeah this is fun the dean house uh was one of calgary's top restaurants now in inglewood Occup- oh for fuck's sake if i blow this one more time uh <laughs> He just anytime Victoria's talking, put that in. When I'm talking, <laughs> edit. <them. laughs> uh, okay, I'll tell you this: was the house was built originally uh, for the superintendent of Fort Calgary, uh, but it is now a one of the top restaurants in Calgary, and it's located in Inglewood. I think it's just like the Fort Calgary restaurant, isn't it? It, it, yeah, it is the restaurant at Fort Calgary, and uh, it always had all the ghost stories. And so, as a kid, you'd have to go to uh, Fort Calgary for like a field trip. And as a kid, your only job is to try and derail anything educational. So you just ask about <laughs> ghost stories. Higher time. Yeah. So we knew all the ghost stories at the Dean House, and I remember being a kid, and like in grade four, being like, "You couldn't pay me a million dollars to sleep in the Dean House. I wouldn't oh, God, do it. I can no. spend a night in the." But now I'm like, oh, that's inner city property and it's kind of drafty. I would pay five hundred dollars to rent. <laughs> You're like, actually, this is this would be a nice place to shack up. Me and five roommates, we would totally rock the Dean House. It'd be a cultural hub in the center of the city. You know what I love uh, about uh, comedians' way of thinking is that no matter what, if you had that entire house, you still factored five roommates into it. <laughs> Um, the Zoo Bridge on 12th Street. Has anybody heard of this? Oh. No. Read it then. Uh, this is the area where six-year-old Donnie Gro- uh, Goss was murdered and assaulted <sighs> by a mad killer in July of 1946. Uh, it if is- you name your kid Donnie, he's getting taken out by an old-timey serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. uh, Donnie had been... Uh, on St. George Island with his brother who went to play baseball while Donnie stayed on the set of swings and ultimately met a man who killed him. Donnie was stabbed at least nine times. Whoa. Okay, we don't need to go into all this, but holy... I, I'm gonna do my own deep dive on that. That's spooky. Poor it, kid. Yeah. Poor kid. Over also, the years, I keep we... thinking like he's gonna... What's the big dinosaur? Di- dino? Dino? What's his name? The big one? 
Oh yeah, the uh, blue brachiosaurus yeah. that's been there in everybody's grandma's pictures. Is he like <laughs> watching this whole thing happening, being like, "Oh God, I can't if I could only move." <laughs> oh my God, that's you are an author. <laughs> Over the years, strange events have been reported in an area where Donnie was killed. Some passersby have heard a boy's voice crying for help, and decades past, security staff at the Calgary Zoo said that they used to hear small little knocks at their door, only to find no one there. Uh, They believed their visitor to be a young boy's spirit. So one security guard found a... Oh, one security guard found a child's ball uh, he would often toss outside for Donnie. Whenever he did, the ball would mysteriously reappear at the security entrance, and sometimes during the night. Ooh, maybe they just had like a cool like raccoon that was like, oh. Well, it's interesting that they take the scariest tragedy and say that's definitely the ghosts and not the one that had like the most casualties. Because I would be like, oh, it's the hundred stingrays. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, this one says the devil's playground. There's nothing creepier than hearing the sound of children laughing and playing when there are absolutely no kids around you. <laughs> I would or say when if, there are kids around you. Yeah, it's also creepy. There are, when they're like, ha, ha, ha. You're like, it's not enough. Um, but there, uh, that's what supposedly occurred in, over the years in the uh, 8100 block of 9th Avenue. A schoolhouse once stood here. However, urban legend says that traffic or a tragic fire occurred decades ago, razzing the building and taking the lives of at least three children. Details surrounding the story make it murky. Uh, so it's just a playground, an old empty f- fucking <laughs> playground field. Yeah. People are like, there's children laughing. They're like, yeah, those are the farmer's kids across the street. They're like, hey. They're like, are you guys ghosts? They're like, no. That one's the most popular, though, because uh, someone won a Tell a Story Hive grant to just spend the night there. Oh, and really? And they made a Ghost Hunters thing there. Oh, so that's why a lot of people know that one. Oh, okay. And did they did they hear the thing? They I said? didn't watch it. I do not like supporting <laughs> local art at all. <laughs> is that I'm... art? Is Ghost Hunters art? Is that a thing? <laughs> is Ghost Hunters art? Join us on our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> where we pair <laughs> this is a i've heard this one before the hose and hound on uh in inglewood uh if the walls could talk this building at uh 10309 avenue southeast in inglewood could tell dozens of tales before becoming a popular pub the building was a fire station and now it is reportedly haunted by the ghost of a different kind. The first, uh, the, the first is a ghost of a monkey that belonged to the city's fire chief. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> we have fun ghosts. It's just kids and monkeys. <laughs> Dude, the monkey Dude. ghost is not scary, and I'm afraid not of everything. Scary. Also, I don't know if this is the fire chief's name or the monkey's name. I'll leave it for you to decide. <laughs> Cappy Smart. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. and then Smart, S-M-A-R-T. I hope he's like uh, that Ikea monkey where he's wearing like a little camo jacket. I know what it is. He's uh, just a monkey that is like, I swear I can hear a monkey in here. <laughs> Monkeys and ghosts say the same thing because people are like like ghosts go woo and monkeys go woo. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to change much of their stick. 
That's it. We've broken this whole thing open. Actually, ghosts are just monkeys trapped in your roof. Yo, the monkey was put down after attacking a child, but its spirit has never left <laughs> the <building>. bridge. <laughs> oh, coming together. <laughs> in recent years, the monkey's ghost has been blamed for throwing cans off the shelf and starting the dishwasher. Starting the dishwasher? That's what it says. This is a helpful monkey. Okay, this fucking story. <laughs> Um, this article is, by the way, from uh, the CalgaryHerald.com, and they've got about, uh, there's literally like 20 on there. There's some pretty good ones. Uh, have a look for yourself if you'd like to. The Fairmont Palladisser is on there to name the Law Heat House. Uh, the Grandstand. Oh, what? the Grandstand? Yeah. yeah. I've had, I've done work because when I worked at Screamfest, uh, we did the Grandstand, and um, I had a phone message, like, Whoa. but no missed call. and it was just like weird static on my voicemail and i didn't think anything of it and we were just setting up late one night and so when we left the security guard was like nothing scary happened to you i was like no and he's like this place is very haunted and i was like (laughs) is it with the hopes the hopes and dreams of the young canadians (laughs) i wanted to be a young canadian my mother said did have you learned how to dance in, in recent moments that me and your father haven't witnessed. <laughs> your husband is a, was a young Canadian. I know. My husband is our uh, friend's uh, brother, Michael. And I did pre- train him, so I think I am responsible for that. We are pretend married. Um, <laughs> I just have a question for everyone. Like, we're, While we're talking about the young Canadians and lifelong Calgarians, um, do you feel that if someone had a gun to your head, you could choreograph a young Canadian's grandstand show oh, from the yeah. years. Oh, 100%. Also, I was a dance oh. teacher and then had to do things like that. Oh, well, there you go. Exactly. I just feel Someone like I've paid seen me it so for many it. times. Dude, <laughs> you didn't choreograph those, though. Those are pretty hokey Yeah, and they also record their sound beforehand, by the way. So they're not really Oh, singing. so they're not really singing. Oh, yeah. That, well, and I found that. That broke me. <gasps> broke that over. Um, by the smart. way, the young Canadians are at the. We have a, a a festival every year where everyone pretends they're a cowboy, and we all. Oh, knock it off! You love the stampede. Stop <laughs> and playing they, it down. But I'm explaining to people that don't know what it means because they don't. Okay. I can't just say like the stampede. But anyways, they are the <laughs> nightly entertainment act. Think they're the underage cheerleaders for the rodeo. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. It. <laughs> Canada, oh Canada! <laughs> we like to dance and sing. We love to dance and sing. You love to sing. We sing. You dance. Basically, <laughs> we just choreographed a young Canadian. Yeah, you did. Calgary, it. it's the greatest city. Calgary. <laughs> Apparently, I found out. I think this got brought up on um, a different podcast. Uh, Stop podcasting yourself. That song is like every in every city. They have like a different version in every city in the states and everything. Really? So it's not just our song. Yeah. That is um our dear friend uh Graham who does stop podcasting yourself. This is worse than when I found out they were lip syncing. So not only are they <laughs> bringing a lot of dreams tonight. Singing stolen <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> oh my god. That's so the worst. Now I know they're lip syncing. Now I know the song is not real. Wait, okay, is so what happened at the grandstand though? Like did something actually happen? I don't know what's haunting the grandstand. It was just uh I mean there's a lot guard. of dead horses. There you go. They, them and the stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, if they gang up, we're all in trouble. 
Calgary's got a, there's just like a, a pita in, <laughs> in fucking monkey heaven that oh. they can those monkeys. It. They just. Do you want to? Speaking of animal ghosts, do you want to know something like really cool that I know from listening to different podcasts other than the one you're currently listening to, audience? Mm-hmm. Yes, is, I want to know. Um, they're like ghosts apparently have like an amount of time because there's no dinosaur ghosts like (laughs) the world isn't covered in dinosaur ghosts and so people are like well what's that and so they think that ghosts only last like 200 years and so that's why you see like old-timey like 1800s ghosts but you don't see like caveman ghosts or anything like that and so they think that yeah there's like a timeline on ghosts so we can only get like monkeys from the 1800s (laughs) well ladies I think we're going to wrap her up there. Uh, We had a fun, spooky Halloween episode. Thank you very much to our guest, Victoria Banner, for coming out today. I'm Victoria Banner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. This was one of my, this is my new fave. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. And if you can like. Sorry, Victoria, do you have anything you want to, you do anything exciting that you want to plug on the podcast? really i like when people talk to me on instagram so okay. my instagram's just not victoria oh it is not victoria <laughs> it's, it's the best um well yeah we'll tag it we'll tag you on all of the things yeah. uh so follow victoria um and if she ever produces a show in calgary when COVID is over uh be uh advise that these are the funnest shows so please come on i know you guys are doing your ending but covid wrecked my show oh i was gonna do a show about people who poop their pants (laughs) 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 god damn it well if we could travel back in time you should have gone to that show uh in the meantime people now because of covid that can be on the show yeah shit their pants too much (laughs) beauty pants um please like subscribe hit the bell just tell people say hey we like this podcast it's pretty fun uh you can visit our website at www.lifepairings.com uh and if you want to become a patreon we would greatly appreciate it uh there's a button in the top right corner that says you guessed it patreon uh and that's a link to bonus episodes all kinds of different stuff uh, and we're adding all new fun things every week. So uh, please become a Patreon. We uh, would love you for it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, join, uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, that kind of stuff. We uh, we put new fun things up there all the time. Uh, I think that's us for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs>